transmission. M.L. Elric, an employed investigator, starring M.L. Elric. Speaking, detectives come in three sizes. City cops, big agencies, and guys like me with a small office and an insurance company retainer to pay the rent. Cops don't have to worry about getting cases, and the big agencies have branches from here to Shanghai. But from where I sit, you never can tell where your next case will come from. You answer the rocket, the truck is right in the It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? I, I have to start with a disclaimer. Once again, another fantastic production job by Mr. Mark Fellhauer. That was an easy one. That was but, an easy one to speak. But sometimes it's the original. It's the source material that can cause some confusion. So I want you to go back... Uh, on your own time, everybody, use the slider on your, if you're doing the audio, or you can use the same thing if you're watching us on YouTube channel ML Elric. When you hear that part that said, I'm ML Elric and I have a small, it says office. Small <laughs> office. I want to make sure Not that orifice. you heard that clearly. I just don't want there to be any confusion because there's a lot of myths out there. There was an intro? There was an intro. It was. Uh, God, I must have. Um, Did you fall asleep already? Out. No, not fall asleep. Just. I zoned out, sorry. Do you have an attention span problem? That's Sean Windsor, of course. I, d- he- I didn't used to. <laughs> Until you started doing this show? Yeah, he, he uh, couldn't. to a certain age. He couldn't hear it over uh, the stream of consciousness or the stream flowing through his uh, constricted urethra. <laughs> well, that wouldn't make it much of a stream. No, right? it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But um, So we go from dribble to drabble here on ML <laughs> Soul of Detroit. Or a trickle. <laughs> and uh, we're brought to you by uh, some folks who support the entire Red Shovel Network. They're kind enough to... Throw a few shekels our ways. That is uh, Hall Financial and uh, Luke Nowacki. Um, Hall Financial, uh, believe it or not, has seen interest rates go down at the same time the Fed is increasing them. So, Mark, is this a good time? I mean, this, this is probably a rhetorical question, but is this a good time to call Hall? It's always a good time to call Hall. Damn first it! At 866 Call Hall or go online callhallfirst.com. And I believe right now they're still doing the uh, free appraisals, saving you up to $750. If you're going to go look for a new home and buy a new home, get your finances straight first. Call Hall first. They have nearly 5,000 five-star reviews, uh, and they're going to make the entire process very easy and simple. I mean, you've used them. I've used them twice, and uh, if the housing market ever changed, I'd look to use them a third time. Oh, really? Just need to get those prices down. Become a slumlord? No, 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 no. I'm thinking of being, I think what they call it is a real estate impresario in a college town. Oh. Okay. Now, or a tycoon? Some people call that a, uh, a slumlord, but our, our, our <laughs> homes are of, of impeccable quality. There's Call hallfirst.com. You know, it's funny. I still remember my first landlord in Ann Arbor when I moved out of the dorms. Young Ho-Hung was his name. And the guy ruled. He and, would come, he'd come over on a Saturday to fix something at like 7 a.m. with a drunk bunch of hungover college students. And he'd bring like nine large pizzas. Wow. And only six of us live there. Like, okay, cool. And is he still young or is he now old? Home? I don't know if he still owns that house or not. That was a okay. great, oh my God, that was a great house. Did he favor tight there. jeans like you do? What? The, the, I Euro, the Euro look? What? That's nice. What are you talking about? I don't you're even showing, have jeans on you're today. Showing Liar, up, or, or you're pants, fake. khakis, blue, blue pack khakis, whatever it is. You're fake news. You know what I mean? Are they that tight? 
How many? How much? How many coins does he have in his pocket? You're, That's the well, test. maybe it was just the way you were sitting. I just thought you're you're leaning into yourself. You're owning it. I like it. He's I'm stepping Ma- out. Hey, I am what I am, man. Mark Fellhauer has a large office. Okay. That's right. Um, we, we, you know, we had a we had a roommate. Uh, I mean, a house uh, house owner. I guess what do we call it? landlord in the first house I lived on, and and it he was great. And then he sold the house to um, a guy who was kind of the notorious big house owning guy. He was sort of a regular dude who owned a bunch of houses, and he was buying up more. And we begged this guy, oh, don't sell, don't sell. He said, oh, no, no, I got to sell, I got to sell. And um, and uh, according to local lore, the guy who owned all these houses, who ended up owning the house we moved into the next year too, um, he just uh, lost like half the houses because he was collecting – uh, rent from some of the lovely co-eds in oh. some of the houses, and apparently his wife found out, and his empire fell apart. That's really? that's what I that's what we were told. We we don't know. Isn't uh, that illegal? Well, I, yeah, you're I, alluding I, to pro- some sort of prostitution, right? Wouldn't that be considered illegal? I think barter okay. barter is is more like it. But mm. and maybe it was just one co-ed. But uh, but the word on the street was his empire was uh, was riven by. Uh, by scandal, but now, uh, every we house... knew had it, we had a, an unresponsive landlord because one morning we woke up and somebody was pounding the hell out of the house. We thought it was coming down. We didn't know what it was. Yeah. And he said, uh, we're putting a new roof on. I'm like, well, can they start like later in the day or after we move out? He's like, nope. And we're like, is that in the lease? It's like, oh, we're doing it. I said, okay. <laughs> all right. I had three places I lived in Ann Arbor. They were all dumps and I loved living there. I don't know why. There's something about living in a dump when you're that age that... Uh, I don't know. Creates character, maybe. No. Um, I don't know about character. Living with other people, I think, really helps because you really learn about human frailties and what you'll put up with and what uh, you shouldn't have to put up with very quickly. When you're in a house that's licensed for three, that has six guys, including somebody who sleeps in a closet with its virtually no, it's it's actually impossible for them to sleep horizontally because there's just not enough square footage. I was a terrible roommate. Why? Uh, I was a sad, lost uh, little puppy, you know. Well, so much is, has uh, changed. This is an avenue I'd no, no, love no, no. to go down. No, 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 no. Uh, just you know, yeah. It was at Austin University of Texas, and yeah, it was it was not good. Would you lash out at your roommates, or you no? Just, I didn't uh, lash out at them. I would I would uh, lash out at at just the world in a way, maybe. Really? Wow. That's back when he was known as Sean Whitman. Abusing, <laughs> abusing uh, substances and look it up, folks. It's college. Throwing yes. glass coffee tables up against the cement wall and stuff like that. Climbing the, cool. the clock tower and <laughs> yeah, I had a roommate rightfully scoping out those babes. I had a roommate rightfully um, move out the next day after that. Scoping out. that coffee table. Yeah. By the way, that might have been your best joke. Yeah. Uh, for those who... Uh, Nothing like a mass murder joke. Yeah. You wouldn't want to come in and uh, see a carpet full of covered in shattered glass, would you? That, that would, you would be like... Yeah, but if I knew you. How was it? Was oh. it like when I mean, Tommy Boy start. fell on the coffee table just after graduation and shattered No, it no. I had a guy, a, a friend over, I guess, who was, you know, high on something and threw a beer bottle. The apartment had, um, it was made out of cinder blocks, so it was a hard wall, and he threw a beer bottle at two in the morning nobody else was home at the time except the two of us and shattered the the glass all over he said oh that was cool so kept doing another and another and another yeah stupid i jumped in and all of a sudden we had no more beer bottles and he's like what about that glass coffee table that's how that happened (laughs) 
So the roommates uh, who worked all night shifts came come home at seven a.m. and there's nowhere to walk. That's a that's a waste of Lone Star. And uh, and they left over that. Jeez. Yeah. Well, of course they would. I would have too. I mean, how stupid. And I say they showed concern for your mental state. Silly and ridiculous. Cleaned it up and helped yeah. you out, and so they no. just bailed. What kind of lesson is that? No, that wasn't their responsibility. But anyway, you never know who you're going to run into. You know, a dope like me, right? So well, learning to navigate that is. It's good to see that you've lightened up a lot over the years. Well, yeah, I don't bring any glass. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. One, the, one, the last house I think I lived in had a carpeted kitchen and a carpeted yeah. bathroom. Yeah, we did too. A carpeted bathroom was the worst. Who a carpets a bathroom? I don't know. That was the worst. We had one too. And then Awful. rents to guys. I'm like, Awful. Ugh. I had female roommates. I had multiple female roommates along with guys in this one house. Is that big office? Bananas. No, it's, uh, yeah. It was just uh, fun times. Damn. Okay. Well, well I, I, it taught me that uh, females can be way messier than guys because uh, they, they have more stuff. They also no? tend to call the landlord a lot more often. I'll just tell you that based on my limited experience. There's a lot of hair in the drain. Like, oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't before you guys moved in. So why are you calling me? I don't think we ever called the landlord for anything. No, we we we, we just called adapted Don. and lived. Don was the first landlord on the Milford House. We called Don and told him, uh, please don't sell. The, the Milford House reminds me of a, a story. Uh, my buddy, uh, Dave Stearns, was walking home from Pinball Pete's or something one time. And a bunch Is this of, another story about your penis? No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> pinball. Pinball. Oh, okay. Pinball, pinball Pete's. So um, he's walking home, and all of a sudden this group of big guys surround him, and they're all wearing varsity jackets with H on them. So we think they're like from Holt High School or Williamston or one of these nearby schools. And they surround him and they're walking with him the whole way back to the house. And he's getting close to the house, but they don't know that because uh, they don't know where he lives. And he's playing Look at really the size cool. of these guys. And he says to him, he's like, hey, guys, how's, how's it going? You know, he tries to make up a conversation with them. And, and they said to him, uh, don't make us try to like you because we'll feel bad after we beat you. <laughs> and so he, he gets right to the house and he throws like a 90 degree turn. So it's not obvious where he's going. He just hits right in the back door. And luckily it was, it was unlocked. And so he, he got in there and locked the door. And then being a jackass that he was uh, himself, he's like flipping them off through the windows without checking whether the front door is locked. But he, he got away with it. But lots of... Did but, you always keep your doors unlocked or locked? Or uh, generally unlocked? I mean, I, you know, I, I always lock a door when I leave it, but I, you know, when you live with five or six guys, there's no telling who's going to do what. And of course, somebody always loses their key, so that's yeah. always a problem, and that's when windows get busted. Or I remember tried. coming back to this the, the main house that I lived at. Um, I had like an early doctor's appointment. I'm coming back at, say, 8.30 in the morning, and there's some guy walking out of the front door. I'm like, I don't recognize that guy. Who's that guy? And a giant plastic bag with him. Like, oh, that's really weird. Who is that? What what is he doing? I, who's Why is all is our this? shit in this plastic bag? Yeah, and so he saw me, and dropped one of the bags, took another bag, and left. And I'm like, okay, what just happened here? Like, you know, I'm still kind of, I don't know, it's eight thirty in the morning. I'm not thinking we're getting robbed at eight thirty in the morning. But sure enough, guy just door was unlocked, came in, took VCRs, TVs, stuff like that, put them in these bags, and only took one of them. Now, the fun part is I got to call the police, and the police came over, and I picked them out of a lineup. Thank you. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, I was very proud of myself. You uh, should be. African-American gentleman, too, and I picked them out of a lineup. Damn. So uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was so proud about that, but. I, 
I'm not sure. Uh, so, so you. It was you, exciting, man. It was like, I felt like I was in my own uh, CSI episode. Because they were dusting too. I'm like, why? Are you? Now I'm like, why are you dusting in this house for this crap? But what, what's the relevance of African American gentlemen? Well, there is a stereotype uh, that white people think all black people look the same. Oh, so you? And I was able to pick them out of a lineup of six African American men. So you were discriminating, That's, not discriminating. I was not. No, I knew. I. I mean, knew you, what you had like. discriminating. Uh, it's eyes. a stereotype. I don't have them. So the white guilt. What, so the white. Guilt I have no white guilt. The I white guilt it. bill in Florida is for people like you, is what you're saying. What is the white? You you know, you, I, I thought there was a gay bill in Florida. Not There's a white that guilt. too. There's oh. separate bills. Wait, Why what does is, everybody want to go to Florida? It sounds very complicated. <laughs> what is the white guilt bill and what is it really called? I don't remember the name of it exactly, but the idea is, is that workplaces and school, it's sort of tied up with that, but it's workplaces and schools can't t- require any kind of training or teach anything. That would make you feel guilty, basically, for what your ancestors have done. Yeah, Trump tried to impose some of that Hmm. when they were doing sensitivity training on federal employees just before he left right. office. Is there that not a lot of like a guilty? local version of that? Yeah. Is that DeSantis trying to out-Trump Trump again? It's DeSantis, and uh, I don't know that he's signed it yet, but it's you know it's come up to the House, the state house. So, uh, I would like to see DeSantis and Trump go toe-to-toe. I think DeSantis is a pretty formidable guy. Oh, yeah. And I, oh, wonder, oh, I-, I wonder who comes out of that battle. So strong. you can talk about the Mayflower. You just can't talk about who was on the bottom, you know, in the bottom of the Mayflower, right? I don't think the Mayflower, the Mayflower was a slave ship. Oh, I know. I'm, that's a that's a that's a metaphor. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you who's on the bottom. The Irish were on the bottom of it. Yeah, that's the Irish not Puritans. Exactly. Yeah. Was uh, but, speaking of Irish. Oh, wow. um, perfect segue. Yes, uh, we, we we you knew we'd bring it home eventually. Uh, the Cadu Cafe is the place to be this Thursday, which is March seventeenth, where we're doing a special broadcast of ML Soul of Detroit live from the Cadu St. Paddy's at the Caddies from noon. To two, the party starts at eleven. We'll broadcast from noon to two, and after we're done, we're going to have Irish music all day, all evening, and probably into the morning. The Irish balladeer Michael O'Brien, odd, odd enough Celtic music band, and at eight o'clock, the Corktown, the Corktown Popes take the stage. So check out the Cadu Cafe. Find out what's going on every night at the Cadu Cafe because there's always something going on there. It's the pride of the East Side. You can find out more at caducafe.com. And for those of our listeners who are not francophones, that's C-A-D-I-E-U-X-C-A-F-E.com. We will have a link to that on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. So, francophones. So check that out. That's right. People who... Isn't it, um, isn't it a Belgian place? Yeah. It is, but there's... Well, you know, uh, Belgium's funny. There's part of it that's Flemish, Flemish part of yeah. it speaks German, mm-hmm. part of it that speaks Italian, I think, and part of it that speaks French. But uh, but Cadu is a French it's a French surname because Cadu Road was one of the ribbon farms that the French settlers had, so it went from the river all the way up uh, all the way up Cadu. It's gonna be a long day, man. St. Patrick's gonna be a long day. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. Um, I think it's gonna be a good place for me to be because uh, I can walk home from there. <laughs> That's a crucial element of my my good, plan yeah. to survive St. Patrick's Day is to walk home. From wherever I uh, wherever I end the day, um, and uh, we we also need to acknowledge another sponsor, a guy who makes this show possible, Mr. Luke Nowacki, who uh, is the guy you want to turn to when you're looking at your 401k statement and saying, "What, what happened? Hath God wrought." Yeah, what I mean, this year has just been atrocious. It's funny too because nobody can figure out the market. You, the old adage is you don't. Not even you. No, you don't. Time well, honestly, like today, I thought today 
this is going to be another bad day because there's coronavirus numbers are increasing in China and, you know, Russia just drags on. There's just a lot of uncertainty and the Fed's supposed to meet about rising. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's going to go down. And then I remember, no, wait, the market's always three days ahead of the news. They know this stuff before it even gets to the news. And now it's up big today. It's because so. of Opus Day. <laughs> yeah, another conspiracy. They control the stock market. The point is you need to have rational financial advice and don't freak out. And that's what Luke at Pinnacle Wealth provides, 248-663-4748. He'll know where the market's going, what it's thinking to the best of his ability. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, 529s, all those things. Where do you put your money? How do you allocate it? Get advice. Get a strategy. Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. And if you're not a Mason, if you're not a member of the Trilateral Commission, if you're not with Opus Day, he will still... Make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. And we'll have a link to Luke's website on our website. Whenever you contact one of our sponsors, please let them know that ML sent you. And at the Kaju Cafe, it's possible... I don't want to promise anything, but it's possible there may be a Joe Zuver sighting at the Cadu Cafe. Wow. So, and, be... and we're expecting Matt Jennings to be back with wow. uh, his own uh, brand of humor. Um, <laughs> Jen, that's I why went, we'll be drinking. I went to a concert with Jennings uh, a couple of weeks ago. I saw that. Was it Tool or Spoon or Pitchfork? Tool. Tool, okay. Spork. Do you even know the band Tool? This is what I find fascinating. Do you? Do you uh, yeah, do I know you just, a lot of tools. I don't know if they just, formed a band or not. Do you just poo-poo it because it's uh, different? called Tool. No, I like metal. I, okay. I, I'm all for that, yeah. Okay. Well, if you like metal, I think you would like Tool. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I would. All right. How was the concert? It's great. It was, I mean, it's it's kind of my, I think it is my first big concert post-COVID, so it's, I, I just love seeing live shows, but man. And you had fun with Maddie. It cracks me up, man. He pulls his camera out to take a picture of the, the stage before it even starts, and I've never seen security all over someone as quick as they were, because no photos, they're not messing around, they'll kick you out, blah, blah, blah. and there's a sign directly in front of Matt that says, no photos. Like, yeah, you should probably should read that sign right there in front of you. Why, why don't they want any photos? Uh, that's just been their thing. They don't want they want you to enjoy the show. They don't want you filming it or oh, taking okay. photos the whole show. And then the last song they always allow you, you know, okay, bring out your cameras for this last song and you well, know, it, we know you're addicted to them. Is, it, is it what does. Maynard said and, uh, and naturally everyone's just like, mm. It is a drag to be at a concert and not be able to see the, the 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 stage because everybody in front of you is holding up their phone. It, it has always been my biggest pet peeve are phones at concerts. I don't know why, I just I don't know. Do people watch those later? Well, that's by the way? that's part of, part of the reason Good is question. because you're watching it through your phone while you're there. And secondly, uh, any video anyone's showed me from a concert, it always sucks. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I think the only time I actually looked for concert uh, video was uh, my daughter Emily got to perform with Roger Waters. And oh yeah, I remember that. Story. I tried to record it and I screwed it up. So I was hoping some joke. That's totally put different. It up there, that's, yeah, that's very very different. Well, that would be the the one percent exception, right? Because how many times does your kid get to perform on sure. stage with some huge star? In which case, yeah, you want to see yeah. as much of that as you can. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I digress. Okay. So so we 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 convened today to talk a little bit about. March Madness, which I know uh, the first round will be over before some of you hear this show, but I, I have to share something that popped up on my Twitter feed, which just cracked me up. 
Uh, and I'd love to hear uh, Mr. Windsor's responses. Chris Solari, who's the beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, tweeted, Tom Izzo gives Sean Windsor credit for being a reporter who still wants to be an AAU coach. What prompted Tom Izzo to troll you at a press conference? He did. He did. Well, what's the backstory? Well, can you tell us what happened? Before I start throwing beer bottles and shattering <laughs> coffee tables. Because you're tight with Izzo. Well, I'm you're, not tight you have a good, Izzo. You have a very good relationship. They have well, a, a healthy respect for each other. I don't and a know good about rapport. that. Okay, um, you guys hate each other. I don't yeah, know Izzo that. wants you to die in your own blood. But what made him say this? Oh, what Preferably game was it? his hands. It was uh, after Michigan State beat Wisconsin. Was this a long question where you said something like, uh, Tom, you know, I know you, you had your wings utilized and then you ran the 4-2 and then you had your double dribble post up and then the guy had a uh, backdoor action and I know you were looking to hit a uh, Joe bag of donuts on the bench. It didn't work out. So can you talk about that? Well, I don't usually use the phrase talk about that. You know, that's kind of a no-no, although some folks do. And I'm not judging. It's fine. No, it's, no, it's weak. It's, I hate it when people ask. It, it does. It often, that, yeah. it, sometimes we get good answers, though, right? It goes so, nowhere. You know, sometimes, but sometimes it does. So Rarely. Why. Set the scene for us. I, I understand why people do that. Uh, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan you State. You have a cough button over there, by the way. I'm hitting the wrong one, then. Oh, no, I, <laughs> I'm hitting this one. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, I like that's hearing his cough. Any noise he makes is nice, you know? Yeah. That's how it goes. Try it. See if it works. Yeah, just don't grab anything and ask me to cough. Press it and cough. I wouldn't grab anything. See if it works. Because I have a huge office. See if it works. You need something to drink? Yeah, hey, it works. Okay, cool. Perfect. Now you Does can that work without him being Fantastic. coughing all oh, over. It's I don't all know good. who I just muted over there, but I apologize. <laughs> so what happened with Izzo? Yeah, Izzo. You're, you're building suspense by saying nothing. Michigan State beat Wisconsin in the quarters or whatever it was. The Big Ten tournament was in Indianapolis. and uh, Glorious on, victory. On Friday night, and their freshman, their five-star freshman, Max Christie, had his best game in a month. And you know, he struggled this year for those of y'all out there that, that don't really care about Michigan state or follow, but they have this highly touted freshman who's had a really up and down year. And he had his arguably his best game of the season, or at least his best game in a long time. And he made some shots. And uh, for those of you that don't know anything about basketball or care one way or the other, this let me say real quickly, when you normally, when you take a, a jump shot, you follow through with your wrist and it, puts the rotation on the ball. Put the cookies in a cookie jar, right? And occasionally there are good shooters out there that shoot a, a knuckleball, right? Tim yeah. Hardaway comes to yes. mind. He used to shoot a knuckleball in the 90s. He's a guy that really busted out the crossover move. Anyway, sorry about all that. So Christie's first shot to knuckleball goes in. And then his several shots after that, there's rotation. And when you see a player shooting like that, you know they're starting to feel comfortable and confident. So I ask about that and was – was that part of the, the 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 plan because they'd had a lot of talks and Christy waited a while to shoot. So yeah, it was a somewhat involved question about his confidence level and and all of that. And I mentioned the rotation of the ball. So he starts to give me a good answer. And then he stops himself and says, Okay, everybody, this is Sean Windsor, a sports writer <laughs> who still wants to be an AAU coach. <laughs> and just run everybody. He stops himself mid answer. How demeaning of him. Well, no, because we talk on the phone sometimes, and I will tell him, you know, I know, little. Well, what about this or this or this? And or then this? he says, "You don't know basketball." You're no, he caught. actually, he'll actually say what he says to anybody <laughs> that does know a little bit. You about don't know it. basketball. You just got caught. He'll say, "Hey, that's not bad for a writer or whatever." But he says that to other people too, you know, that make an observation. But he treats us like we're, he doesn't treat me that way. But you know, a lot of coaches, football coaches, the worst, and assuming you don't know shit. Yeah. 
Right. I'm a man. I'm 40. It's such a complex game. Yeah, and yeah. they've got the the codes to the fucking nuclear uh, arsenal or whatever. Excuse the language. We can talk about I nukes. do find it funny, though, when there are, um, you know, gas bags on radio or writers that think like they us. know all of, you know, they know every single thing that has happened, right? Oh, like that a lot. A bit, but they're far more common. But there's a market for that out there now. A lot of it's folks, all bullshit. a lot of folks make livings by putting up blogs and they go watch film after the game oh, that, and break different. down every play. That's totally There's different. a blog, uh, MGO blog. Yeah. Uh, that has SpartanMag.com does following. that too. They'll yeah. they'll go play by play after a game. Yeah, and, and people eat that up. And newspaper shot to a gap and newspaper, he, hey, he missed his B exactly. block. And I'm just like, what are you writing about? Are you are you telling me how I to build it. a model plane? We had our last beat writer at Michigan before our current Michael Cohen, our, uh, Nick Baumgartner came to us with the idea that he was going to provide some of that, and he did. And newspapers are kind of in a tricky spot because that's a lot of time to do that sure. sort of thing. Sure. And it goes against what you, you know, the traditional beat writing, daily notebooks and all that sort of thing. So in any case, That's there's... Why they should just pick up these blogs and have them do it. There's Right. There's a burgeoning market for that. And people, there's fans... A lot, there's a lot of people that geek out on X. Absolutely. I fans just, I, really I'm talking about up. the people that, you know... I just loathe sports radio, probably because we did it for so long. But I wasn't worried so about man, that. Manufactured and... I wasn't talking about the X's and O's with this. I'm sure. always more interested in... The I mean, people... And and can you get out of your own way? And it's not just sports; it's with anything, right? Like when I write, sometimes I'm like, "Oh my god, I, I why, just loosen up and quit," you know? Right? It's a struggle, and it's that way with anything. So that's why I like writing about uh, sports in that way. Can you can you get out of your own damn way? Have you ever asked this question? And be that, who you are, have you ever asked or this what you're capable a, of. Can you ask this question at a press conference? How can they call traveling on a home team? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. But one of the things that drives me crazy... I know, am sick of the traveling, by the way. You, you'll hear it sometimes at the end of a press conference where they, they, you know, they're, they're still running it just before the guy says, okay, uh, we have two more questions for the coach before he has to get back to the locker room. You know, we got to get on a plane. And there'll always be some guy, I, I'm assuming it's a young guy or a young woman who's kind of new to the business, but it's always like... Uh, Coach, uh, obviously this was an epic win where your team performed above expectations. A lot of that has to do with the way you prepared them for tonight's game. But could you just talk to us about what a great win this was for this outstanding program and your genius uh, soon to be inducted into Hall of Fame uh, career? You know, I'm like, what's he supposed okay. to say to that? Let me let me ask you. I don't show. worry about any of that kind so of stuff. So I covered I covered Michael Jordan's first retirement press conference when I was working for a little paper on the south side of Chicago, and. Every question from the Chicago media was like, uh, Michael, obviously you redefined the game of basketball. You made it your own. They should probably call it Jordan Ball from now on. Jim Naismith has been dead for a long time. You took down the peach baskets and every record known to the NBA, and you're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer if you're not in there already. I just want to know, can you tell me um, what it was like to create the sun? And it's like, question it. I've wanted somebody to go up and say, you sucked at baseball. <laughs> What were you going to ask, Mark? They wouldn't let how, me near the microphone. How, you don't. You don't send a piston fan to Michael Jordan's retirement oh, press conference. My, my. Or maybe be a journalist and suppress the Pistons fan when you're in the press conference. I did suppress the Pistons, but I will say that my Wait, what? my story on his uh, retirement was less uh, was less uh, fawning, effusive than the others. Yeah. Yeah. What's your question? I was going to ask you, like, how important are press conferences in your mind? Because they drive me. Up a wall. We, we just have we have two more questions, Mark. Before Mark, uh, before Sean has to get to the Sean and Carl's podcast. Well, what's the, I, I feel what, like what, nothing ever really. Comes well, what's out of COVID? Me. What COVID's changed? Um, I mean, sometimes it does because there are still fans out there that want. Could you do your job if they didn't have press conferences? 
Uh, probably. Yes. I, no, no. Yeah, you could. No, because these days you get a little bit more out of them because the locker rooms are closed. And when the locker rooms that's, are open. That's what I want to know is could you produce really insightful journalism that no one else could get if you didn't have access to the locker room and access to the players. Well, it's definitely changed. You, really you can, you can get access. You can get access in other ways. I remember a couple of years, uh, two, was it two or three years ago, Michigan state made the final four run and it was in Minneapolis and state in Michigan state in our business is no, I mean, they open their practices during the regular season. They have open locker rooms and a lot of, a lot of colleges don't Michigan does not. They used to, but they, when they rebuilt Chrysler, they decided not to. In any case, Xavier Tillman, who played for Michigan State, now plays in the Memphis Grizzlies, who's a really, really good player, played with Cassius Winston, uh, 6'8", 6'9", forward, got, um, had a, a, I want to say maybe a daughter, I can't remember, had a child when he was still in state, daughter, and got married, and, you know, at 20, 21, whatever it was, 20 maybe, and was just always 20 going on 40, and I found out in the, in, in the locker room one day that he had this little chart. And it turns out that he, here's a 20-year-old, he organized his entire life with this color-coded chart about duties and when to feed and when to wake up and all of this because he was a dad, a student, and a player trying to get to the NBA all at the same time. And it was great. And then I ended up talking to him about it. And so that's the kind of thing. Is that is that necessary for, for human culture that we have to have that story? No. But state fans loved reading it because it gave you a little insight into what made this guy so good. I'm just yeah, and how like, he went from nowhere to a guy who was working his ass off into a a, a pro career. Absolutely. In and, America. And, and that chart, those charts that he had, how he organized his life, said a lot about why he was who he was. Well, and think about the locker room going back a ways uh, when – it was just an AP sports reporter who saw the Andro on the shelf in Mark sure. McGuire's stall and says, like, or creatine, or what is it? You're taking that stuff? It's like, yeah, what's the problem? It's like, wait, wait, maybe, hold on, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just really cynical in that these, um, and I'm thinking mainly of professional sports, how they really can control their own message now. Yeah, for sure. No, they don't. And they can keep individuals out or individuals. They can, and they don't need us. It's not that we have to be in the locker room. It's not what they have to be in the locker room per se. To me, the best thing is that you can develop a relationship with somebody. So if sure. you have some space somewhere, locker rooms are, are invasive. And now like that, in Europe, they don't do it at all with soccer. They would no. consider that crazy. And it kind of is when you think about it. Well, so... But can you develop a relationship? To their benefit, like to Cassius, it was to his benefit, right, to talk to you. But I always just get annoyed. Oh, you mean when he lost his brother? Yeah. Like that was, you know, that was a good... Well, they put me in an office. They actually put me in Izzo's office without Izzo. I'm talking about like, post-game press conferences, because people always... Remember Marshawn Lynch, that whole to-do? Oh, yeah. I'm only here because I have to be. Did you ever see the key and peel skit on him? No. Where all he he said was biscuits and gravy. Yeah, I I, I don't know. To me, with professional athletes, how do you you make them talk? Now, in the end... You can't. You can't. The narrative, because of their sports writers or, you know, um, uh, commentators... He lost in that battle because they complained about it so much. They did, but he didn't have to say anything. Go watch that sketch, by the way. He would get asked, "Oh, Mashawn, what did you what did you think about this run? You had a fifty yard run and the blocking, biscuits and gravy." Yeah, over and over. I don't know how you make over. somebody talk. Well, you don't. You, you, yeah. you can't, but you can find people in the locker room. And I only went in there, I think, once, but I think uh, Sean uh, would agree that back in two thousand five, when the Tigers were just abysmal, about to set a record for worst team ever. Guys like Brandon Inge made themselves accessible. They answered every question, and it kind of gave you some insights into, 
his character. And he, as sort of a junior member of the team, became almost uh, a spokesman for the team when they were older guys on that team. Dimitri Young, Shane Halter, other guys who just weren't going to yeah, talk. I how, how do you write honestly, though? But if, you wouldn't know to go to, sh- to to Brandon Inge unless you got in there and somebody's like, yeah. Okay, right, well, and he, he had that role for a long time, as uh, for as long as he was a Tiger, really. He used to... Yeah, there are other stories about that. But in any case, that team you're mentioning, I was with for a month. This is how much our business has changed. For one month, I went on the road with them. You are playing shortstop. And I wrote one story. It was all for one long, long story. And I'll never forget Carlos Pena, who was, I think he was playing first First base. First base, yeah. At the time, he was a talented player, but was really struggling. And he was kind of, he wouldn't talk, he wouldn't talk. But I was around long enough that eventually he agreed to talk to me. So we sat in the dugout one afternoon. And he opened up about what was going through his mind, what would go through his mind when he get to the plate, and how he was overthinking. And he spoke several different languages. He spoke Spanish, uh, English, Italian. Um, there was one other one, I think. And he would c- get pretzeled up and confuse himself. And he would, he, so he talked about the mental struggle. And that's not that uncommon in that sport. But I remember it was, it was, a, it was an amazing chat to have him open up. And I, that ended up becoming part See, of the that- story. He, by the way, went off and had and found himself. I think in Tampa, ended up having a couple of really, really good years. To me, that um, it's a little, little different than what I guess. I, I get weary because I see things like I'll give you two examples, and they're both Adam Schefter, right? You know, Adam Schefter works for ESPN, who has right. a deal with the NFL, and then you see stories come out like with Dalvin Cook. There was an allegation that he he beat his girl, um, his girlfriend, and she ended up filing charges against him and Schefter had this tweet that was very supportive to him that we now that he had backtracked from and we now know that it was fed from his agent and Schefter just did it again with Deshaun Watson about how um, this is why he wanted it to go to court because he knew the truth and blah 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 and it's like uh, you know it just it just seems like there's shills for that league and for the players and do you really get to any truth do you really learn anything about the people no I don't from the for the majority of them no I think you're, you're talking about press getting... conferences, or you're talking about which which are we talking about? Here? All of uh, the coziness between uh, reporters and I guess um, the, well, know, it's the not as cozy as it used to be. It's a lot. There's because a lot more animus. The there's a lot more animus. We're seen as kind of the enemy in a lot of ways. I mean, reporters used to travel with the team on the on the team buses, riding to the arena need, from the hotel on the on the planes. No, they don't need us at all. Social media has completely changed that. Not only that, they have their own teams, have their own websites with their own reporters. They have retired reporters exactly. who are now working yeah. for them the, as team reporters. Well, like the, or the, like the Lions, the NFL has it. I mean, they're just hiring young people right out of college to, to do that kind of thing. Beat reporters in general, to me, just don't aren't as critical of a team anymore as they were ten years ago, twenty years ago. I don't know if that's true around here. I, I, I said it seems like it. it, feel, it feels like. I mean, it. I'm trying to think of like just staying with the Lions. Dave Burkett is plenty critical, right? Dave's okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's more than okay. He's just this is my opinion. I just and it's even worse when you get to the announcer aspect of it because well, they're paid by the team and they're. I know. But what are you going to do? I mean, here's the other thing. What do you want? Do you do you do you want somebody to be to look at and write negatively every single time they write? Absolutely not. When a team sucks, right Mm -hmm. all year long, you did you you can't do that. You just can't. Readers will get tired of it. Sure, you got to pick your spots. Misery loves company, though. And be critical. You know for sure. And fans want to be, they want that reinforcement. Oh, oh, they pick up the paper and they, yeah, well, they think they suck too. And it makes you feel good in that moment, for sure. But every single time, 
So I, I people think, get tired of that. I think it's hard for beat writers to be critical of the team. Yeah. I mean, I, I admire the ones who can be objective. Not well, it's not their job, right? They're supposed to just report. Right, but I mean, you know, if the team has a bad game and you report on it, going in that locker room the next day can be pretty intimidating. And and you know, I think Izzo. Um, called you out in in good humor because because you guys have a good relationship and and I thought that you know he's called me privately to to mf me too right I mean he's done that sure. to a lot of that's, that's, a lot of people up there that's that's fair enough but I mean I I respect the beat reporters who can can stand their ground I think I think uh, our friend Vince when he was at the the free press covering uh, the Pistons you know there man he he had to call it the Pistons a lot and I know when he went in the locker room they were they were too ready to say, hey, Ellis, get over here. You know, why'd you write that? And he had a lot of courage doing it. I think it's really hard to do. When the announcers are homers, it doesn't bother me as much. I mean, on the radio, for the yeah, teams, but, for one. Sure. Right, but on TV, you know, if they tell me, you know, wow, the Tigers are primed to make a comeback, I've been watching games like, they're not. I mean, I can objectively say, you're just saying this because you don't want me to change the channel. I know the Tigers are they're toast. They don't have it to or, or, so, or to go back to Deshaun Watson again, when he plays, will that ever be mentioned about the civil suits or the criminal investigation while he's playing? No. It will no. it will but the people well, that write about with, it at uh, first, but then every single game they're not gonna mention sure. that, right? No, so. I know. But they'll allude to it. I mean, you know, they went through Ray some Lewis. That trouble. happened with Ray yeah. Lewis. Remember? Yeah. It kind of faded. But yeah. but Schechter, uh, so I didn't know this about Schechter, but if, if it sounds like that dude, uh, his objectivity should it's be gone. highly in doubt. I mean, he, he sold yeah. himself. 100%. No, for sure. Okay, that's one That's he one. He has thing. to. Let me, let me point this out, though. To, well, he to, doesn't have to. He did. Well, he that's how he gets his scoops. That's how he became what he is. Yeah, they're not scoops if they're fed to you. Well, that's, there's some truth to that. Let me, let me, but sticking with, you're talking about your idea of being critical. That's one thing. Somebody gets in trouble, that kind of thing. But let me just point this out to both of y'all and, and do our, the folks out there are kind enough to spend some time with us. The beat writers and anybody that's around, and inclu- I'm going to include the announcers in this too. Anybody that's around, let's just keep it at the professional level, at a, a professional baseball team, football team, basketball team, hockey team, all the time. You understand how the, the how rare the talent is, right? Sure. Even the worst, relatively worst players in any of those leagues is still a one in a, a million talent, right? Yeah. yeah. Darren McCarty scores 50 goals in the AHL. And and scores ten in the NHL. And so yeah. and so you you're around that, and so you under and you see the work, and you see all of what goes into being, right. So then you so that's your that that's it's relative. So that's your perspective. You see the a human being who's that gifted at something. To the fan though, well they suck. They made a mistake. They're you know they're the twentieth player on the twenty five man roster, whatever. So it's a, it's a different perspective. So what you think, God, they're sucking up. They're really not. They just understand on the large global scale of how rare these this work is and this skill level is, and they so that's the perspective they put. But that could be said for a lot of industries. You could say that about um, a musician or something who's worked their whole life and then they put out a bad album, right? Are you allowed to criticize that? Oh, for sure you are. For sure you are. And sports is weird because it is just but it's wins all and the losses time with performance. Sports. Yeah, it's exactly. every single day. No, it's I, all I, the time. I get that. It's just I an feel- album's once a year, right? So of course you can. Yeah, it just and, seems... and, you, and I write critical columns too, but I always try to put it in that perspective of you know, did somebody really choke? I mean, I don't know. Yes, 
I've always hated yes. that. Well, they do choke. Players do choke. Sometimes they just miss or, yeah. or uh, make the, a mistake. The other thing is, you know, if you're going to fail 70% of the time and you don't get a In hit. In baseball, yeah. You know, I don't know if you choked. It's just that's the part of the 70% where you don't hit the ball. Well, and the, all the all the math folks in baseball don't think there's such a thing as pressure in baseball anyway, well, right? Well, they're allowed. I mean, yeah. Because the numbers don't really. Just like anybody else, an athlete's allowed to have an off day. It's just everyone's watching them when they do. Yeah, and and you know to mitigate that a little bit, when you demand fifty million dollars a year and you screw up, you kind deal. of have taken some of the sympathy out of it because when you yeah people attach money to it for sure. When you say you suck, well, of course they don't suck. They're one of the best in the world at what they do. It's just that relative to you know the best uh, in their sport, okay, that brings they're up better another... than the guy with the mustard stain behind home plate. You know <laughs> who's juggling a beer and a pretzel. They're better than him for sure, but you know. You know, when you set the bar high and you demand that kind of money, um, you know, you invite a certain amount of, of scrutiny and, and criticism. And most of that just, you know, rolls off their back, which brings, you know, you said you suck. That brings me up to Well, the... some of it does. Izzo makes a big, big... No, I don't know that it does. You guys... You, I'm, I'm, thinking you once again, Ted, I'm thinking once again professionally. You watch Ted Lasso. I know this is fictional, yeah. uh -huh. but there's some truth is it because I've heard this around covering sports. And th th there's a moment in there where one of the assistant coaches, uh, Ned... No, Nate. Nate, yeah. Nate has a moment. He has a, a play. It works. He gets some publicity, and he's enjoying reading Twitter the next few days and, and all the kudos. Well, then all of a sudden he gets to, wow, he's probably a – it was harsh. Yeah. What a loser or something like that. Yeah. And you can see what it does. It makes him – and it made me think because Izzo and other coaches often talk about the players these days, they can see the criticism directly – in their phones all the time, and oh, wait a developing a thick, <laughs> developing a skin for that is not something that athletes had to do before. It's uh, it's, it's not no, Sean, it's I, not the same as getting booed. Do you know how much? Well, I know, but that's part. Isn't that part of the trade-off? Part of the, there was a story about LeBron and um, I can't think of who the other two guys were arguing with their fans at the game, right? Because they don't get it. Which fine, whatever. Yeah, those players aren't the athletes, but they're paying. It's part of the deal you make. You pay. You're allowed to be critical of that team. And yeah, but are you allowed to be a prick? But their people get criticized at their jobs every single day. You not look, in you, that way. They do not. My, you want to look at my inbox? You want to look at my Twitter? You get bad well, messages. Well, of course too. I do. Yeah. Of course I do. Yeah, but you still have to perform to a certain level. And I've had to get used to it. I mean, it's one thing. It's because the the now college is how give college a break because for some reason they don't want to pay the kids and they're still. "Quote unquote." I'm not saying it's, it's not part of the deal. I'm I'm just saying they're still human well, I, beings. Okay, I want to get your and it's harder on some people than it is on I others. Get your thoughts on the whole Naomi Osaka thing, where someone yelled, "You suck to her while she's playing," and she had a she wanted to address the issue then and there, and then pulled exactly the same stunt Serena Williams did to her after the match, where the loser took control of the story and the microphone to address this whole situation. Yeah, I saw that. What do you think it, of that, Mike? I'm curious. You know, so I I. I feel sorry for anybody who's trying to win a spot or keep a job and they're struggling. You know, uh, you see these people with so much talent, way more talent than you'd ever have. And, and you think, you know, well, this guy's not, or this woman's not performing up to expectation, you know, sit them on their ass. And I think it's really easy to ignore that, that they are probably living. Like I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And I wake up, uh, unable to go back to sleep because I'm full of anxiety there's about what am I going to do? What am I going to do? There's a lot of people that have that. And I think about that, what I go through, and I think about if I was an athlete where I'm like, if I have a bad game, I get cut, I lose my scholarship. If I uh, if I don't do whatever, I you know I lose my job, I lose my career. 
and I it really makes me identify and and feel sympathy for those athletes. But when you get to a certain point, like with Naomi Osaka, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying stuff. And I would think that one of the things that makes you a professional is being able to tune that out. So you can focus on the ball I'm throwing up in the air so I can hit it at 100 miles an hour, the return that's coming, where I'm going to position myself on the court. And, And that if you're not able to filter that out, if you're not able to put yourself in that cocoon, you're probably not prepared to be in that match you have to develop those calluses and you have to now she she took herself out before saying that she couldn't take it and she's put herself back in maybe this is a sign that she's not ready to compete again but i think one of the things that makes a great athlete that makes someone who can perform under pressure is the ability to drown all that out you know and they're when when the spartan fans are counting down and you really know there's there's 10 seconds left not five seconds left when you have the free throw line and they're putting the big heads up and they're wiggling you know flyers and stuff like that i think what makes the greatest athletes are the ones who can say you know what you guys don't matter i'm here to do this and i do this all the time and i'm going to do it this time and if i don't do it this time i'm going to do it next time and so I'm I'm sympathetic to what she's going through, but to shut it down, I mean, frankly, out of respect for her opponent, yeah. she might just say, I got to get through this, and if this is going to cost me the match, let me just play through it and then go and cry in the let's, locker room. Uh, let's fl- let's fl- there's, but there's a lot of people that do the I don't job like every people day. who sit at games and just yell, you suck. I was just going to say, let's, not. let's flip that around, though, for a second, because I think I think we're headed there a little bit. At least not to the home team. And if you want to pe- yell at the other guys. No, but what, what drives a human being to yell out to another human being, you suck? Well, maybe they didn't like the way she was playing. No, right? I mean, but what 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 thinks that what, what makes you think okay. in your soul look at, look at this that way. that's okay to do? We do it because we've as a society we've said okay that it's fair game in the sports. What I'm saying is that may change at some point. It has everywhere. I, I no, mean, no. I, I mean, just, I think it's going to keep changing. What and if Naomi Osaka people aren't going to feel free to say that? What if Naomi Osaka at some point worked at um, McDonald's and had to deal with a shitty customer and said you suck? Yeah. What would the manager do? Kick the fucking well, customer wouldn't. out? They absolutely. Wouldn't I've not. seen it happen. Maybe, but I I used to I, when I was a paper boy, we used to sell. Yeah, again insurance. in the '90s or the '80s, you kick uh, someone out for late, saying you late, suck. Late seventies, harsh. But, no, but when you sold your If I have an employee in my bit, sorry, Mike. If I have an employee in my business and somebody comes in and is rude to one of my, of course they're out. But no, they're but, gone. But okay, fair enough. But what I'm saying, and this on a very small money isn't scale, that important. We used to sell insurance along with newspaper subscription. It was only like ten cents or twenty cents a week, and I had these abusive people on my route. They would get drunk and they would call up and they would say, "You didn't deliver our paper," which was not true because. They were the most abusive people on my route. If somebody was going to get skipped a paper, it wasn't them. But for some reason, they'd get bombed and they'd want to call and harass an 11-year-old kid. So I cut them. And my manager said, are you ready to take them back? Because they do, you know, they have the subscription and they also have the insurance. So we want to keep them as a subscriber. There are some... And that's changing is my point. Some people Maybe, are Maybe, but there are some employers who say the customer is always right. Of course they're about. And the higher paying the customer is, and I think the more you better. Instead of, I hope it is, but. Instead of trying to change the asshole, right? Because they're not going to change. Why don't you learn how to adapt to the asshole? When they because because, I, I because you're doing that for the power of the dollar instead of 
right? And then you're empowering the yeah. asshole to always be an asshole. And I don't think that's right. And I think that's what society's trying to change a little bit. Well, I think there's a line. I the think just yelling, customer, you, I think you suck yelling that out doesn't mean you should be if I'm in thrown line, out of a game. If or, I'm in line at McDonald's trying to get a delicious filet of fish, right? And I'm four or five back and it's taking forever and forever. And I look and I don't like the way the body language or whatever behind the counter. And I literally yell very sincerely and intently, you suck with contempt in my voice and they want to kick me out that of course they should so there's uh, there's they a, should you shouldn't be able know. to stand in line at that know. point uh, there's a difference here that's what they're yelling I don't, I don't think you suck is that if, big of a criticism if i'm driving down the street and somebody's cutting the grass on the median and they missed a spot and i start yelling you suck i could cut the grass better than you you're a piece of shit that to me is a lot different than me paying fifty bucks to go to a ball game, yeah. and somebody comes up who's making yeah. ten million dollars. That, that's because we've attached that value all these years. And what I'm saying, no, is, because the I don't ball think player has put that. himself in the public domain. The ball player has put himself in the middle of the arena sure. for compensation, for glory, for personal satisfaction. And they are a performer, whereas the guy cutting the grass or flipping the filet of fish or pulling out of the fryer. They're just trying to make. A we buck used to boo and cackle in playhouses and theaters too, and we do not anymore. Oh, dude, the stuff we used to chatter when we played little league—that what we'd call. No, the no, other no. Teams. I'm saying, you know, you go to a theater, and we—that doesn't happen anymore. in 1920. I mean, yeah, society used to have different rules for those spaces. I'm not saying I'm not making it saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying we're changing. Okay, and that's yeah, where but, we're going. But I'm saying a guy who says, "Hey, Miguel Cabrera, you're making 34 million dollars. You suck." is not the same as a guy who says, hey, guy Look, cutting the grass, you suck. Sure. I remember uh, Pete Incavelier or whatever. It was at the play. He was Love playing Pete. for the Red Sox yeah. and the Tigers. Home runner strikeout. About, over at, uh, at Tiger Stadium. And it rained. And we like got to move down by ball. Maybe I've told you all this before. Rob Somebody Beer. yelled out, yeah. hey, hey, Pete, I just met your mom in the parking lot or whatever. You know, And, and, and I understand it's, it can be funny in a, in, a, in a boyish kind of bathroom humor way, but I get it. Hey, I'm all, I'm all yeah, for but part empathy. of being a professional is I'm saying, all... you know, my mom isn't here. No, I told I'm, I <laughs> you totally know understand your mom is. what I'm saying. All I'm saying is no, I think possible. society's changing. I really do. And what Osaka did the other day, it's going to become less and less kosher to say or cool to say you suck. It just is that that's where we're headed. You may not they're like it. There's still going to be people uh, saying it. There's still going to be. There's still going to be assholes. Yeah, so and they're going to be ushers removing. I've, seen it, I've seen it more and more at NBA games. Take in care particular. of your mental health and learn how to adapt to it. Though. But I, I've I, started I, to see why. I, it just you know you can't control every single person, but you can control yourself. No, but you, you can set just, you can set know. norms in public spaces about how we want to interact. Whether sure. you're paying to get there know, or I, not, you suck. I don't know. Maybe it's because of the. I'm stuff not saying I, that I, you I, suck. I'm just saying I've seen more and more fans get escorted out of games because not because of you suck, but you are a piece of shit. That would get you booted if you said that courtside. Right? What happened to that guy who used to sit behind the Wizards bench and just go crazy? Oh, the, the rubber chicken, Robin. The uh, what was his name? Robin. Uh, yeah, I know who. You're yeah, about. I don't remember. He but sucks. He was like the Come super fan, and he would just hassle <laughs> everybody. And he, and I think the opposing teams just didn't take him serious. It's like, oh yeah, there's that jackass again. But hey, Sean, anyway, how come you can he like gone? cheer all this? Is, this is just a total uh, related, but not really related question. How come you're allowed to cheer and yell whatever you want at most sporting events except for tennis and golf? Uh, it's always been so weird to me that you got to be quiet at certain times. You can yell at certain times in both those sports. That's right? stupid, isn't it? 
Wouldn't it be more exciting if you could? Uh... No, I think I th- I completely agree. I think the server, you know, they do it during the serve, right, in tennis and during the shot yeah. in golf. Uh, how awesome would that be if you could make all the noise you want? Miss it, miss it, miss yeah, it. Like, 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 like a free or throw boo, shooter. Or boo, or or not boo, but just make noise, try to distract you. It would be way, I mean, look at Happy It'd be Gilmore. Awesome. It'd be way better. It'd be totally yeah, awesome. This, and by the way, I'm all for, hey, you know, you you can't make a shot or you, 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 you can't you shoot, whatever, whatever. But to say when you go after somebody's character, that's when you're you know people are getting booted for that. I don't think you yeah, suck. But, is but going you suck. I'm not it's, saying that. It's not like saying like uh, you're bad at math. I've got your SAT scores. And you're like, oh my god, they got. Why would you me. yell that to her anyway? She clearly doesn't suck. I mean, just factually. You suck. Well, she wasn't playing very well, was she? No, but she's uh, arguably the best player in the world. I mean, right? She's not playing like that right now, but she sucks. She sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, and I she, gotta believe there's some. When she's players, rolling, she's really fun to watch because yeah, she's amazing. She hasn't played in a long time. I gotta believe there's some people who use that, like the water boy, as tackling fuel. Where it's oh like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, I suck. Oh for okay. sure, especially if a, especially yeah. if that's coming from Once a coach. Again, that's yeah. reacting to it, as right? Opposed to a trying coach. to change the behavior of someone else. It's no, you're not trying to change somebody's behavior. You're simply saying you can't do that in this establishment in this public space. That's all it is. Or private space, I guess. It's because it's technically private, but there are also public rules that govern it. Anyway, so uh, I want to give Sean credit for being a reporter who still wants to be a social engineer. I don't want to be a social <laughs> I'm channeling, engineer. I'm, I'm trying no, to bring it back. I don't want to be a social own. engineer. I just don't want people coming in and being uh, cocksuckers into my business. <laughs> but you wouldn't yell that at them. Geeks have inherited the earth. What do I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into cool guys. You've probably never heard of Delicia Martin before, but you should know that name because Martin is a superintendent for the Hines County School District near Jackson, Mississippi, who showed their hindquarters recently, this month in fact, when they tried to essentially ban a book. Martin fired Toby Price, an elementary school assistant principal, who read, I need a new butt. What? It's uh, the Sean Windsor memoir. It's a very personal story about a, a new man butt? and his butt. I need a new butt. It's a whole series of them, yeah. yeah he Why do I need one? What? I don't have one, I guess. Is that what you're saying? I'm I was just saying it's small. Could firm it up a little. Small, flabby <laughs> ass. Just a, just maybe some kegels or something. You know, <laughs> oh, God. No, I guess that's not he good. For the, for the anyway. butt? He once well, told me his butt was so firm it's, it's, he could it's play It's a gateway exercise. It. it starts with the kegel and you get back to the glutes. <laughs> but... He did. He said so, that. His butt was so firm he could play jacks off of it. He told me that one time. It's true to this day. But but I <laughs> don't you believe that, Mark. I'm not yes, inviting I can. <laughs> I'm not inviting anybody. And I said, doesn't the earring get in the way? <laughs> now, there's a difference between having firm buttocks and being a tight ass. I just want to make that distinction. Nobody's <laughs> saying anything like having that. Having the appropriate sized office. Anyway, so uh, this book tells the story of a boy who noticed his butt has a big crack in it, and so he's like, okay, something's wrong. It's broken. I need to get a new one. And he goes over these 32 pages on a, a silly and humorous journey uh, to sure. find the right butt. Well, the kids thought it was hilarious. They're second graders. Who wouldn't? Yeah, I, I just read to uh, Shar's second grade class, and I crushed it. With uh, I need a, a new butt? Se- no, you know what's funny, though? After I saw the story, I'm like, Oh man, I wish I would have read that to the class. Yeah, so so it's you know pretty harmless. It's it's uh it's about as close to fart jokes as you can get in a public school. Sure, kids loved it, but Martin, well, Martin didn't like it. She wrote in Price's termination papers because yes, my friends, uh, Mr. Price, who has his own family, was fired 
she or he he or she said that Mar- that Toby Price showed a lack of professionalism and impaired judgment because the topics described in the book were inappropriate. Now, Amazon is saying this book is for kids 6 to 10, grades 1 to 5, so it's pretty much right in the wheelhouse. Has this guy, been a, has this guy had done anything else to get in trouble? Has he ever been written up? Oh, that's the worst part. Uh, so he's the assistant principal, right? So yeah. he's not teaching a class, but this was a Zoom uh lesson i guess with these second graders the guest bailed out so they said hey uh, toby so can you fill up. in so yeah so he jumps off the bench he gets in the game he pulls out a book he's got little kids so he knows what's appropriate for them he reads this book they love it within days he is fired so oh, that uh, is horseshit yeah so at a time when educators are under attack and books are being banned at an alarming rate we're gonna make delicia martin our Geek of the Week, for drawing a new battle line, or a crack, if you will, <laughs> in the culture wars. So last week we teased Todd's suggestion for our new wave suite. He wanted us to book the King Bees, citing their strong musical ties to Detroit. He says frontman Jamie James was born 1953 in Toronto, Canada, but moved to Detroit 20 years later in 1973, where he played with an R&B group. After moving to Southern California, James formed King Bees, who Todd says helped energize rockabilly with a new wave flavor. So let's see what Todd with 1D is talking about with Man Made for Love, from the King Bees. He says it's a tune that will straighten you out of that easy chair. Kissing you And my heartbeat's going crazy My 
Yeah. Definitely not new wave. It's uh, you know, early eighties, so it's kind of it's kind of in the right timeline and and Yeah, well so was Rat. Yeah. T- Todd <laughs> says that they, they put a little rockabilly into New Wave, and I definitely hear the rockabilly, but I'm not quite sure. Like sped up blues. I, I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I, I like the tune. Yeah, it was nice, Todd. Thank you. Next I'm, week can we listen to Jackie Blue by the Ozark Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> That's more New Wave. <laughs> the uh the uh you know I always hear it's just that it's a great song. I'd love to hear it. I always hear that on those um those infomercials late at night where they play like 15 seconds yeah, of all these great yes, songs. It's I'm always like, on there. I want to go buy that. And then you buy the whole thing. You're like, eh, maybe no, the 15 just, seconds. Just get the single. Yeah. yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling the new wave flavor, but we, we are very much listener driven show and we love to get your suggestions for new wave tunes that you may have never heard before or bands that you've heard before, but you've never heard this particular cut. So keep the suggestions going and uh, check out the King Bees. Pretty good band. Some nice tempo changes. A little little slide guitar there. Um, but uh, but yeah, we um, we're always looking for new music. So this is the spot. Uh, I like Todd. I think Todd picked a good one. Yeah, thanks, Todod. Good job, Todd. How do we donate, Mark? Uh, are you in a hurry? <laughs> MLSolaDetroit.com. There's a little donate button at the top. That's right. Paul found it very easy to do so, and he said succinctly, <laughs> "Thanks for what you do." No, thank you, Paul, for what so, you do. Yes, we appreciate it. We, we love don't, what you, you do. Don't suck. Thank you, we, Paul. We encourage you to do as much of it as, as you... No, I'm the only one that sucks here. So uh, so uh, we also encourage you to sponsor the show if you'd like to see your product or uh, your event uh, shared with our dynamic audience. Give us a shout. Send us an email, mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We'll, we'll get that out there. Please subscribe to the show. We're on YouTube. You can watch us live or you can watch the replay of our live broadcast. You can always download the full audio pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Share the show. We love it. Rate it, even if you hate it. And, um, you know, let people know how you spend an hour or so every week. It's, it's, there's worse things out there. And we'd love to hear from you, too. Michelle says, if Michigan loses in the first or second round... Aren't Michigan boosters going to regret not firing Howard for cause when they had the chance? I believe they were huh. number one seed heading into the season. Also, LSU just got to fire their hoops coach for cause and a $0 buyout after renegotiating his contract oh, a few years goodness. ago when he was in a little hot water. little hot water? She's talking about Will Wade. Yeah. Who finally got fired. Will Wade was busting on uh, FBI wiretaps, you know, orchestrating this whole plot to... Um, with Adidas, I think it was Adidas, right? You know that whole story, don't you, Sean? Yeah, he's busted on uh, on tape, you know, paying players. That's vastly yeah. different. It wasn't wasn't was, wasn't there somebody involved in that? He who, should have been uh, fired three years ago. I can't believe he was kept kept around. Well, Sean Miller at Arizona was the other guy that was busted yeah, on the wiretap, and they got rid of him right away. And look how great Arizona is now. Did, didn't Izzo's name come up in that? And the people said, yeah, no, yes. no, he, he wasn't involved. It, that was something else. A player he was recruiting was involved in, Louis, I think the Louisville, uh, I think it was Louisville that was battling. Yeah, what was the name of that player? Wow. I can't remember. I can't, I can't remember either. But was it was it the player or was it sort of one of these guys, these local guys who said, well, I'll represent you, I'll connect you with the program. No, sort of it like, was, uh, it was specifically like Ed Martin and his kid. Yeah, it was okay, definitely it was a player. It was specifically a yeah. player. So that's been that around a how long time. Broken the system is. And was isn't Bill Self under some sort of cloud that's never been fully resolved? Yeah, he kind of was. Yeah. I mean, how do these things linger for three and four years? And the the Attorney General of Texas has been under indictment since 2015. I mean, folks, if you're going to bring a charge, 
wrap that. Well, I think COVID I'm just kidding. came five years after 2015. But yeah, so anyways, um, I was, Michelle I, says, I, I, maybe Sean can inquire if U of M did or considered doing similar uh, approaches to Howard's contract during the suspension. No way. If they did not, that's a missed opportunity. How do you guys feel about that uh, well, seating I, for Michigan, number 11? I, I, As a person who thought they weren't going to make the tournament, I love it. Yeah, I think it's... Is that Justice 17 and 14? Is that the worst record in in the field of 68? Well, they don't go by the record as much who as... Who isn't uh, a conference champion? Who you beat, the quality of your wins, your, your, your net ranking. Yeah, kinda... they want teams to play... I mean, you know this as a Spartan fan. They want they want them to play tougher games than they did. But Which, by the way, Michigan easily would have another win if that one game... Can't remember the team. It's some lousy team they were playing, so they would Chaminade. They would, they would have eighteen wins if you want to look at it that way. But there's been teams with records like this that have made the tournament before. I yeah, mean, Michigan State last year. Michigan State. Yeah, but they, they had a play-in play game. Sure. Uh huh. Not eleven. I think they would have taken eleven over a play-in game. No, I, I mean by actually, the way, Michigan by the way State's path was great last year. They cut out. They box out on the free throw line, and all of a sudden that bracket. They're, they're probably playing Michigan in the Elite Eight. I'm not kidding. Well, the bracket did. <laughs> Well, they got exactly, beat by yeah. UCLA, who went on a hell of a run. Yeah. And yeah. but the next couple of games were they were absolutely winnable games. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One, one play. That's the thing about this tournament. One I don't think play. Michigan ever had a desire to get rid of Juwan Howard. No, I mean I they probably were gauging the the fallout, right? And it, I will say this because we immediately. I thought we were pretty hard on Howard, appropriately so, for his non-apology. You know, the the little uh, statement they put out because we didn't feel he was sorry. Oh, boy, here we go. Well, no, all I'm saying is he finally did address it, albeit, you know, two weeks later than it happened. But he did face some music. I still don't think he's terribly sorry about what happened. I no, just I don't. No, I'm I'm glad he brought it up. It's it always easier to face the music when you're removed from time. It would have been tough to avoid. But the way he brought up, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 I could blame this. I could blame that. I could blame this, I could blame that, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to apologize. That feels like saying it's not my fault for this reason, it's not my fault for that reason, it's not my fault for this reason, it's not my fault for that reason, but I'm I'm sorry it's my fault. I'm like, what? Well, doesn't really feel like you feel it was your fault, but... Sure, but, but he could have been a know. bigger dick and just sat up there and said, uh, I had my statement, next. You know, there's always there's always ways to address it. I He's seen, I'll yeah. give him the benefit of the doubt, sure. I don't yeah. know if I believe it. He does it again and he's gone. I think he faced an appropriate amount of public opprobrium and now he can move on uh, to Colorado State, which I don't know if they're going to move past Colorado oh, State. Oh, yeah, they are. I guess we'll see. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, easily. And then who do they play after that? Tennessee. Uh, then they're in trouble. See, then it's Tennessee over. is really, really good. Big, tough defense. Is that the deal with Tennessee? Yeah, they're good. And they're deep. And they, they've got one of the best point guards in the country. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're really good. They okay. are good. So uh, state's got Davidson. That's that's going to be lawyer. tricky. That's yeah. right. He, I can't believe you know. I had that Davidson Richmond game on Sunday. I'm like Foster Lawyer plays for Davidson because you just don't realize where these players go. And I don't know. It just kind of made me laugh. And they used him. They used him a lot. Well, he's their leading he's, scorer. He's great. Yeah, he's their leading scorer. Yeah, and the other the other uh, hot shot from Clarkston, Thomas Kithier went to Vil, uh, to uh, Valpo. Is so he playing a lot? Both of those guys quietly uh, split. I think he plays it, it, a fair from the amount. Mich- from the Michigan side, he's I remember. a good player. Colin, he was a good role player. Florida didn't make the NCAA tournament. They made the NIT tournament. But Colin Castleton, remember that name? Yeah, he played well, didn't he? Did nothing at Michigan. Goes to Florida and had two really good seasons. You know, a guy that's, what, seven feet tall. Yeah, he did. No, he had some skill. Sometimes you're in the wrong spot. So if State can get by Davison, then they'll f- more than likely face Duke. And uh, wouldn't that be that's winnable? Uh, wouldn't that be something, right? That's very winnable. 
it feels like one well, more. Well, Duke's one, more talented. They're longer, more athletic. Yeah, for one sure. more humbling for Izzo at the hands of the master. It probably feels like that, but wouldn't it be something if they found a way to send him into retirement? Well, if North Great. Carolina won the last game Great. at Cameron Indoor Arena and Vatek beat Duke in the ACC tournament, then Izzo can beat Shashevsky in the NCAA. Right. I think he's two and zero in their last two games. It'd be so. way better if Cal State Fullerton beat him, but you know. yeah, Carlos <laughs> believes it. Carlos Menard is the Free Press uh, sports writer. I do a podcast with him. Yeah, he, he took he took offense that I suggested that if Michigan State got by Davidson, they'd be facing Duke. Oh come on! More than likely, because he went to Cal State Fullerton. He's okay. an alum. Right. Oh, okay. So he's not he's not suggesting that you're he's not serious. You're jumping no, the gun by heart. saying they'll dispatch Davidson. He's concerned that that there's a presumption that Cal State Fullerton is a exactly. sacrifice uh, to wait, Duke. Now that I think about it, Coach K has lost in the first round as a two seed before. I want to say maybe like five yeah, years ago he to did Lehigh to uh, Lehigh. Or, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's some precedence. Okay. Yeah, that was the Jabari Parker team. Anyway, no, we don't. Yeah, this isn't a sports pod. Sorry. Yeah, I just, just delete the last hour and a half. Um, yeah, so, please do. So who's the next feedback, Mike? Well, Jim Jim says, happy St. Patrick's Day, ML. Jim, uh, many returns to the day, my friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts on Douglas, Duggan's newest public giveaway development deal on the Fisher site at 75 and 94. Who isn't eager to rent an apartment on a toxic brownfield? Huh. Fisher Factory is the lead of the mayor's state of the city on the same day Jeep's Detroit Point Man allegedly pays a record-breaking price for the Fisher Mansion. $5 million for a money pit worth around $2 million. What a steal. So perfect and coincidental, you'd think it was a script. Hey, what's the multi-million dollar media team do for the mayor anyways? God bless. So uh, so just to give you a little context, the mayor announced with some developers that this, this dinosaur plant, this old factory, is going to be turned into housing, um, which is Everyone great. Everyone knows that, that plant, too. It's just a yeah. dump. It, it's horrible looking, and um, and there is you know there are brownfield tax credits for when you take an industrial site and you put it back into into use, that reduces your cost or for developing or the amount of tax you pay, but I, I you know I don't know how these deals work all the time, but it does seem to me that if you're going to put housing there, you had better make sure you test every speck of dirt on that site because that thing has just got to be inundated with. Every chemical that's ever been known to man for the past 120 years or so. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing if you take a brownfield and you put another factory there or you put, uh, uh, you know, anything where kids aren't going to be crawling around eating stuff. But for an apartment site, uh, let's just hope that they do their due diligence before that thing opens. And the other story, which kind of surprised me, is that one of these executives with Stellantis is buying the Fisher Mansion. There are several in Detroit. This is one that's on the west side because they were the Fisher brothers. Um, for $5 million, it's supposed to be the most expensive house in the city of Detroit. And I think last time it sold for $2 million. I think that's why Jim is suggesting it's a money pit that's only worth $2 million. Gorgeous Tudor-style mansion. But I, I'm, I'm surprised that the most expensive house in Detroit is $5 million because... If anybody remembers where John Sally lived for a while, the Bishop's oh, residence. Yeah. That was a cool house. That thing is massive, and I can't believe that there's something that would be more expensive than that. But um, Sounds like a good column. 
Um, it could be. Yeah. It could be. It could be a large, <laughs> just, a large just, column. Just food for thought. Or a good yeah. investigation. We'll yeah. have to, we'll have yeah, to see. Maybe not a, so much. This is probably a little bit more suited for commentary. If you had a team you're of so reporters. Pa- you're, you, you're so passive aggressive. If you had a team of reporters. How is that passive aggressive? But do you guys remember that um, when, I think it was when Sally owned the house, and I don't know if this is local lore or not. Pretty damn clear, man. But... Uh, but supposedly there there were there was there was a belief that the bishop was hiding money somewhere in there, and so when Sally bought the house, supposedly it was broken into, and people were tearing the walls apart trying to find the money, and had just trashed this massive, gorgeous estate. I don't know if any of that's true, but that that's sort of an urban legend that I I'd love to ask John Sally sometimes. Mm. So you buy this beautiful house, and then people go nuts on it. Mark's still mad at me. I'm not mad. What would I be mad at you for? Because I won't let my employees. Uh, you were wrong. I, because I don't want my employees to suffer at the ends of assholes for a couple of bucks. But that's okay. <sighs> now, did anybody yell at you when you're making corn? I, I think our def- with that Gordon Food Service stuff, and they didn't get thrown out. Have we have we tapped into something? I think there's a sliding oh, scale yeah. of assholes, and I think you're, you're maybe I'm more willing to put up with more assholes. I am in my own personal life, but I don't want my. Uh, my people that are theoretically working for me sure. to have to do it. So that to me, that's different. But anyway. So I'm getting close to figuring out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Are you seriously going to manage a McDonald's? Is that, are you foreshadowing here? Uh, I was thinking more Culver's. But that, oh. no. Hey, what's wrong with managing a McDonald's? Nothing. 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 It's, a, it's a great crib. You can go to Hamburger U. You're right. You can. Get your, uh, uh, now what do they call? I prefer the filet of fish there. Is that <laughs> When they have uh, ad nauseum. when people get two degrees at um, at uh, Hamburg-U. at Hamburg U is that uh, what's the one that has two burgers on on a double stack? No, that's Wendy's. Never mind. Sorry. A big Big Mac. No, Just that's delete. got two. A double cheeseburger. Delete that. A double cheeseburger. And a double quarter pounder. A double bachelor burger. What do you What do you like? At McDonald's, Bobby Knight. All of it. <laughs> I was raised on it. All of it. Even the paper hats. Any of it, man. Yeah, I miss the I miss the McDLT. I'll tell you that much. You I like did the like McRib? the McDLT. I love the McRib. Me too. <laughs> I Although I had a friend. We have, we have it's the in same. my blood, literally no. and figuratively. We're the same. You know, you just wear your khakis a little tighter <laughs> because you're sexier. <laughs> Shut up. So when I was in you're Costa being an Rica, asshole, kick him out of here. <laughs> when I was in Costa Rica, I took a picture of a billboard silly. because the McRib had made it to Costa Rica, and I meant to show that to you guys. I thought you'd appreciate it because I know. What big McRib fans you are! Oh, you're talking about a photo of you for we, no, no. we could pin up. No, this was this was a billboard in Costa Rica that said El McRib or whatever oh, they call it. Oh, I'm sorry. Everyone were you it. eating the McRib? It was the a big deal. No, no, no. Okay, no, I'm just no. curious. What's wrong with the McRib? Uh, These are the worst. I love McRibs. I've never had one, but I um, had one. Oh, but you're gonna rag on it? Who's ragging on a McRib? Fast food pork oh, just seems is. like a bad idea to me. It may not be pork at all, but that's okay. I still like a McRib. Fast food erasers, that's not good either. So we've got our first and second round predictions. You say uh, Michigan and Michigan State advance past Davison. And Colorado State, I think so. Yeah, what the heck. Okay. So uh, so both teams, second round, what happens? I think, I think they both lose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we got two go f- through and two lose. Uh, I yeah I think Michigan loses in the first round and Michigan State uh, why, wins why do you the championship. Think that? What, do you, what do you know about Colorado State? Why does Michigan lose in the first round? Let's see you back it up. But besides your hatred for the university, I, are the are the Colorado State are they the Rams? Yes, they are. Wow, there you go, right there. It's a Rams season, right? It's a Rams year. Okay. Matthew Stafford That's plays a good them. Yeah, the Colorado State Rams out have way. never lost a bowl game with Matthew Stafford. So there you point. go. Uh, the Colorado State's going to win the whole championship That's based right. on that logic. 
Colorado State and Michigan State in the final. Sure. You heard it here cool. first. Yeah. Okay. And only. It'll be great. Yeah. There goes my billion dollars Quicken Loans bracket <laughs> or Rocket Mortgage, whatever the hell it is. So uh, if you uh, if you appreciate the show and want to support the show, you can donate. You can support our sponsors. You can find links to their businesses at mlsolvedetroit.com. We appreciate your feedback. You can write to us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Elric, E-L-R-I-C-K, on Facebook. That's Facebook page, ML Elric. And of course, we love it when you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is also ML Elric. We make it pretty easy for you to find us. The rest of the week, there's lots of good content here on the Red Shovel Network. There's Charlie LaDuff's No BS News Hour. And of course, the Drew and Mike podcast, where every Monday you can catch Eli Zarrett, which is uh, is uh, a lot of fun. I like I love Eli, Eli man. Yeah, that's a good dude. Yeah. And now perspective. That, now that his podcast is is done, we are very close to no longer being the fourth most listened to <laughs> podcast on the Red Shovel Network. We're catching up on you, Zaret. So we got everything here from A to Zaret on the uh, old soul of Detroit. <laughs> from assholes to Zaret. So we we hope you can. Yeah, but we, we're throwing the assholes out. That's right. We don't want them to mess with them filet right. fish. Hope to see you on Thursday at the Cadu Cafe. Find out more, caducafe.com, or again on our website, mlsolvedetroit.com. And until then, Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? So long, folks. See you next week.